Hi, this is Jen Schwartz. Welcome to Think Fit, Be Fit, Effective Thinking for Potent Exercise. Welcome to the Lab of Us. This is your hostess, Jennifer Schwartz. I am a master level muscle activation technique specialist, strength and conditioning coach, and a personal trainer. My mission is to help people realize their strongest body with intelligent, science-based, and honest advice about the physiology of the human body. My hypothesis is that if you know more about the thing that you are trying to change, the more successful you will be overall at changing that thing. On this episode, we are diving into some mental training tips that can create powerful and potent exercise, the flow state. This is a conversation that includes expertise, tangible advice, personal experience, and tips that will immediately add value to your workouts. This episode will be especially meaningful to you if you want your exercise to be more fun If you are finding it hard to enjoy exercise because of distraction or muscle pain, if you want to improve your brain or your memory, if you need to focus on building a skill set such as weightlifting, CrossFit, or any sport in general, the person sitting with me today is someone I'm so grateful to have in my life, Robin Kinney. She is a mental trainer that has some incredible experience and insights to share. We met in the athletic world, and I've seen her work some magic with athletes. So I'm introducing her to you all so that you can take this advice about mental training and work some magic in your own workouts. Jen, thank you for inviting me to your podcast today. I'm really excited about talking about the flow state with you. And I just looked at my calendar. Believe it or not, 2018 marks my 15th year coaching athletics. I coached at the collegiate, high school, and youth development levels. About four years ago, I started my own business called Mind Body Athletics. And I work with... Dr. Michael D. Young, a sports psychologist, and we help clients improve their confidence, resilience, and ability to focus on the right things, as well as their ability to be more aware of their self and their relationship with others. And the mental training techniques that we teach, I know work because I've learned them firsthand. And I was introduced to them when I played on the U.S. national field hockey team. I had no idea what it was called at the time, but I suffered from performance anxiety. And we had a number of coaches that came and talked to us and sports psychologists. The one that really resonated with me was Dr. Colleen Hacker. She also coached on the U.S. women's soccer team. And she asked us a question. If I could make you at least 3% better, would you try it? And I thought, heck yeah, I really need help here. And she talked about guided visualizations and the ability to be in this focused flow state by doing mental preparation. So I was skeptical at first, but I started trying it out and the results were astounding. I was able to execute under pressure. It built my confidence. And I even was able to be a silver medalist in the Pan American Games. 
And I view, there's also a lot of research out there. And I view my role now as the director and lead instructor at MindBody Athletics is to curate all of the information that, that's out there and put it into implementable tools that coaches, athletes, and even executives could use so that they could be successful, whether they're on the field, uh, in the boardroom, or in any life situation. So I'm really happy to be here to share my experience, what I've learned, and all of the people that I've helped. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for participating in this with me. And honestly, like the getting your exercise to be fun and profitable, it meaning like it's paying you back for investing in it. Uh, a lot of that has to do with your state of mind, your mental state. So this conversation, and there's a lot of tangible advice coming from it, um, is all about engineering the right mindset and the right way to tune in to your workout so you can have fun and contribute to your overall goals, which might be to play sports as an adult or really push yourself hard as, as an adult. Uh, we get into basic uh why that is important uh and why we need to push ourselves a little bit so what are you excited about now uh well that's hard but what i'm excited about mostly is the um the realization that kids and coaches have on their face when they realize how simple it can be to be able to get into this flow state Mm -hmm. and all it really takes is uh, t- taking a breath in and doing some easy mindfulness practices and mental training practices, and they can enjoy what they're doing. They don't have to be nervous in high pressure situations. And so, you know, working with Alexandria Soccer Association right now with uh, the U13 and 14 and 18 and the coaches who are super excited about helping these kids out in soccer and in life, um, mm-hmm. it it makes me feel good to be able to contribute to that. Yeah. Well, we love having you. Uh, For those of you that don't know, I am Alexandria Soccer Association's Injury Prevention and Fitness uh, Director. And that's how I met Robin through the introduction when the club wanted to bring in some mental training. Then we really got to know each other. Uh, I make a lot of friendships this way. I get people on my table for muscle activation (laughs) techniques. And then... uh, you know, they're helping, they're supporting my career and I'm helping them with their body goals. And so we made some major progress for you, which was, uh, just such a, you know, such an honor. So thank you for letting me help you with, uh, all the getting over some chronic injuries. Um, and while like today we're not really talking about sports, but we're going more into like the fitness, uh, world, it's, um, I think the two are really closely related and I, so I think a a regular, uh, a person looking for a regular workout can use the flow state to maximize their benefits. Um, how, how does, So the opposite of the flow state would be like staring at your phone and mentally disengaging. So looking at Instagram or, um, I don't like 
just kind of looking around the gym and sometimes there's some funny things to look at around the gym, no doubt. But <laughs> like, what would you say is like the opposite of being flow state? Sure. Yeah. So, well, first of all, I want to thank you for helping me <laughs> with uh, the chronic pain problem that I had with my Achilles. It was hurting me for like six years and you solved it in six to eight months. And so I'm so grateful for that. But back to your, um, back to your question about the enemies of the flow state, I like to call it. And mm. There, so when you're in the flow state, you're bypassing your frontal cortex, which is a part of the mind that is judging and doubting and overthinking. And so if you are judging yourself or if you're looking around the gym and comparing yourself to somebody else and thinking, oh, they have better muscles than I do, or you're um, thinking negatively about yourself, then you're that's the enemy of the flow state. And it's going to be very hard for you to get into that flow state. Of course, looking at your phone and being distracted is mm -hmm. also not going to help you get into the flow state because you're not paying attention to uh, what you're supposed to be doing, which is whatever the exercise is, whether it's um, running or jumping or lifting weights. Mm -hmm. So that that's the that's one of the things um, I actually did a mindful movement workshop at the energy club over in Arlington. And uh, one of the key things to help people get into the flow state from their work, and then um, or whatever they're doing outside the gym, and then coming into the gym is having some type of transition. Mm. And you can transition so that you're now in the present moment and completely engaged. And then and you can um, have more fun and you can be in the gym and do the exercises you want to do. You can get stronger even faster than you thought you could before if you make that transition. And so I talked about this group of like 20 people of how to make that transition and, and through your mind and your body and your breath. Yeah. And so the, let's go back to like what the flow state is. And I Googled flow state and I found four things that just stood out to me. I'm, I, I'm very visual. So when I, if I see it and then I say it, I can feel it. Right. So here's what I, what really resonated with me quote, opt, the flow state is optimal state of consciousness where we feel our best and perform our best. That's money. Okay. Mm -hmm. The second, the second one is total absorption. I love that. Um, the third one, opposite of disengaged. We already talked about that. The fourth thing that resonated with me allows people to take more risk while shoring up reward. That's the stuff we need in our workout. That is absolutely the stuff we need in our workout. Um, I, I would love it if people were able to take this information and be able to make probable guesses on what could work for them better. And I'd say without spending any more money on a trainer or even an app, you know, like Mindspace, right? You can focus and and set your intentions and make the exercise more effective with just just this information and just having the intention of getting into a flow state, right? So uh, those are the, you know, that's the, and then when I thought about it, like how I apply it in my everyday, um, it is, and this is, this is kind of Buddhist and correct me if I'm wrong. 
It's when you're in sync with your mind, body, and your intention. So when I go into my workout and I don't have my last client on my mind and I didn't, and I have the energy and I didn't have to take supplements to get that energy. Uh, and my, my warm up matches my workout. So my muscles can get in that flow state too. So last podcast, and I wrote a blog on this as well. I wanted to bring forth this idea that if we were able to envision our strength more with a more of a crystal clear picture that we would actually be able to get that picture. So when I go to the gym, my biggest goal is I want to age well, specifically like Madonna. (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs) And so uh, I want to embody youth and keep a youthful energy about me. And also I get into a flow state when I'm with the kids on the soccer field because I've my hypothesis, and this is totally like not written in the notes, like off the cuff. I feel, I feel like I'm addicted to being in their learning process and it makes me feel so good to be a part of, uh, uh, people growing in general. And, uh, that definitely happens with my everyday work in the MAT table, um, I don't know what's so special more about like the soccer field that makes it even more flow state for me, but uh, maybe it's because they don't have expectations of, you know, my work. They're just like, Oh, she's a coach. Hi coach Jen, you know, (laughs) but anyways, um, so that's what it is to me. So tell me more on the expertise side, like Mm -hmm. what flow state and what it can bring to overall wellness in, in general. Sure. Yeah, great. And it totally makes sense that you feel flow states in different situations because you can feel it um, just by having a conversation like we're having right now or when you're working with the kids and, you know, the uh, high school age and even actually younger kids like up to seven or eight years old they're always in flow state. They're always just completely present. And that's why I love working with kids too, is because you can just get into that zone where you're just like, okay, what's going on right now? And they're not paying attention to anything else. (laughs) And so you're fully engaged with them. And so, and like I said before, the, when you're, when you're in this flow state, you are, you are completely in the present moment. You're doing exactly, your mind and body are connected and you're bypassing that part of your brain where you're doubting or you're overthinking and you're you're matching you're you're matching your skills with a challenge. So if there's something that's super challenging, it can be overwhelming. That's and key. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's totally key. So there there's actually, you know, if you looked at like a chart where you have the skills going one way and challenge going the other way, you want to make sure that your skills are equal to or uh, a little bit less than the challenge so that you feel challenged and you're you're able to use that mastery of your skills to meet that challenge and that's when you're in this 
flow state. And the reason why the flow state is so great is because it is the optimal state of performance. Um, Stephen Kotler, who has uh, developed this flow genome project, he has looked at, he wants to put the science back into this flow state because, you know, back in the 60s, everyone's talking about flow and it's kind of woo-woo. But really, there's a lot of science behind it through cognitive psychology, and there's over 100 years of research on flow. Mm. And um, and so what he's done is he he goes and he asks people questions. I actually took his free online quiz, like, what's your flow state? Uh-huh. And I'm the crowd pleaser, which means <laughs> I, um, I like to get out and I'm an extrovert and like to go on the dance floor and just like, yeah. you know, which makes sense if you're an athlete, right? And you like intense <laughs> sports. But, so, but there are some people who get into the flow state by doing writing and they're authors or mm-hmm. musicians or riding a motorcycle, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. doing those types of things. Um, downhill mountain biking is is another way because one of the triggers to a flow state is risk. Mm. So you, that's why you need that challenge. You need that risk. And, um, and that can catalyze the flow state. So there's, um, what's, I think just to get back on track is I think it's really helpful to intentionally be able to get into a flow state. So you have to know what's best for you and you have to know, what works for you. So flow state hundred percent all the time is possible or not? Uh, I I think that the goal should be to increase the amount of time and the the frequency that you can get into the flow state. Mm -hmm. Um, I 24 seven, probably not. I mean, we're, Mm -hmm. we, we do have to plan in the future and we sometimes think about the past and that's just part of the way life is. But when you are in t- going into an activity, like if you're going to the gym to work out or you're you're playing soccer and practice, that's why deliberate practice is so important. When you're going out and you're learning skills, it's really important to be very deliberate and intentional. Um, and that's why I emphasize the fundamentals, because once you so you if you have a little risk or challenge and you're able to automatize a bunch of skills and master them so that you don't have to think about them consciously anymore. They're just subconscious. They're in your muscle memory and you're fully present in what you're doing. Those are kind of the three ingredients to getting into this flow state. Okay. So here's my proposal to the listeners. If you can achieve muscular flow state, you're going to exponentially get more muscle benefit. And with muscle benefit comes hormonal benefit, energy benefit, you're sleeping better, you're moving better, you're more engaged mentally on a day-to-day basis. So the challenge for the fitness uh, professional, or I'm sorry, the fitness person doing the fitness is how do I ask permission for risk? How do I get the risk and mitigate the actual physical risk? Because, you know, this, this podcast is for the people that may, that have questions about their body and know that exercise is good for them, but their brain is all over the place when they're exercising because they're getting misfed information, uh, yeah, fed misinformation about, I don't know, like what women are supposed to look like or that 
you've had a baby and all of a sudden like you're supposed to be skinny like a car mm, <laughs> like like you know whomever like all of a sudden you're supposed to be you know uh Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct <laughs> right after your baby <laughs> and uh but that's the things that people were thinking about I don't know about Sharon Stone if they're thinking about her um she's one of my favorites but um it is it's most about like <sighs> understanding that your time in the gym has to be effective. Otherwise you're just, you know, you're getting some marginal benefits, but you're, you know, you could be doing better. And so, you know, this is for the people that want better. They want their body to feel good from their exercise. So how do we mitigate the risk to allow ourselves the flow state combination with risk, Mm -hmm. right? So that's where the, the, the former podcast comes in because we were talking Mm -hmm. about this the other day and our conversations are total flow state. I love, I I love our discourse, like in our sessions and stuff. And um, thank goodness I've stayed on task because I get, you know, I'm engaged. <laughs> um, I know I'm, I'm talking to you while you're like trying to fix me. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, wait, I shouldn't talk right now. Cause she's trying to get in her flow. <laughs> um, so my hypothesis, my hypothesis is that a large majority of people need to get flow state through play outdoor time, a little bit of a lot of unpredictables in that situation. Right. Um, some people can replicate it in the gym. Either way, both groups still need to optimize this practice in the gym. So uh, in the last blog, we talked about mind-muscle connection and understanding your individual muscular threshold would equal having a muscular flow state or a muscular uh, ideal physiological scenario. So... A total flow state in this definition is a lot, a, a lot of those little events happening of your mind is connected to what you're doing, meaning your goals and the muscular thresholds that you're trying, thresholds that you're trying to change. So, uh, and then, you know, that dives off into like a deeper discussion about, you know, muscular thresholds, but, you know, I've already had that by myself with my Rose and producer Ted (laughs) and the audience. Um, and, but you know, the, the, the point is I want those, all those things to come together for people and that they can get uh, a muscular flow state in their workouts so that they can go outside and push themselves and challenge themselves and get this in an unpredictable way. Uh, like we were talking about with my boyfriend who just bought his motorcycle and he was beaming all over and I've never seen him glow like this. And like, I've almost, I've known him for almost three years and I've never seen this much glow in his being. So he was getting flow state, but now he's mm-hmm. going to need to train his hands mm-hmm. and probably his neck and his chest and some lower back muscles to be able to ride a little bit longer. That's what we're trying to do here is get out there and live. Right. And, uh, flow state is the, is the, is the bridging the gap, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and with the with the motorcycle example, uh when I so when I was in it brings me back to high school. My high school boyfriend had a motorcycle and I would ride on the back and it was like enthralling, right? You're I mean, it was scary. Your your heart's beating and of course I'm just holding him really tight. So I'm like, okay, please don't crash. <laughs> but um but that was the risk. That was like the the heart's beating really fast. But then when I realized that, okay, I can trust this. He's been he's been riding a motorcycle and practicing for a while. So he's been able to automatize whatever those skills and and um, awareness and things that you need to do to be able to operate this type of vehicle, because it's a lot harder than a car, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then I was able, once once I was able to get over the fact that I could trust what was happening and everything would be fine, I was able to feel the wind on my skin and I was able to enjoy the, the scenery and the trees. And so I think one of the things that are important, getting back to your point about uh, comparing ourselves and wanting to be like Sharon Stone. I know the girls that I coach, they want to be like the Kardashians or like the Bachelorette or something. Like they're, we're always comparing our, ourselves, which mm-hmm. is is the enemy of the flow state, right? But it's really, really important to protect our self image. It's super important. And one of the things I teach the my athletes, especially the women athletes, is um, is that our brains have a natural negativity bias mm-hmm. we uh, just it's just it's just the way that our brains work we tend to um, pay attention to the bad more than the good this is a this is a real psychological phenomenon that any psychologist will tell you is is true yeah i think it's like evolutionarily connected to like protecting our young yeah, and protecting we're al- ourselves. Always scanning. Right. Right. We're always looking for who's who's gonna danger this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who yeah, exactly. it is it is an evolutionary byproduct and and we're we live in a safer world now. But we there more things could go wrong than go right. So it does make sense um to pay attention to those things, but you need to be able to counteract it. So I think of the mind as like think of it as like a fertile garden. And we need to pay it. So this, this is something that um, Bob Rotella, who is a sports psychologist who works with a lot of uh, PGA uh, champions and golfers, um, he wrote the book, How Champions Think, How Champions Think. And he um, and what he tells his athletes is and what I tell my athletes is when something good happens, you need to relish it. You really need to celebrate when things go well and when things don't go well you need to be able to emotionally detach and just say okay I'll get the next one and and even I was reading psychology today just to to do a little bit more read up on this and there you know a lot of psychologists say you actually need a ratio of five to one five positive things to one negative thing to be able to balance out the negativity bias in your mind yeah. I mean, you don't, I mean, you don't have to be, so the positive sandwich helps, but it's, you know, you're three, you, you still need three more oh, positive, like the positive sandwich, yeah, like the break, job. build, break. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's, it's more like build, build, break, build, build. Oh, you build. need a club sandwich. <laughs> you need a club sandwich with extra bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah, the ba- the bacon is the, the the negative part, maybe. But some people would think that would be the positive part, know, and the yeah. bread's the negative. Anyway, so whatever whatever you like to eat. But so that that's the, I think once people realize that everybody is 
tends towards the negativity bias. Um, Then, and then being able to be more aware through the mindfulness or the mental training and the focus and the breath, then you start to notice your self-talk and you start to notice the things that are getting in your way. The uh, metaphor I was going about to use is this garden, right? So your mind, yeah, the fertile fertile garden. garden. So think about your mind as a fertile garden. You want to weed out all of the negative thoughts. You got to weed your garden of those negativities, the doubts, the things that you say to yourself that aren't true. Because you can, and and then you want to water the the positive thoughts and the things that are that that will help you get to your goals, um, and fertilize them and celebrate them, and then you have this this garden that um, you can create for yourself that's beautiful and that can be who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <sighs> that is. I I mean, I hope that. Somebody takes that and just starts to recognize that self-talk and then, so they would recognize the self-talk and then say, okay, that's a bunch of nonsense self. (laughs) Uh, Let's focus on what we're doing right now. And it can be that simple. What, so if I'm having, so sometimes I'm a muscle expert and I spread gratefulness to my muscles every day. I love them. However, there are some times where I get in a rut. And uh, when I get in a rut, I have to go to like a, a class um, to just to just get me up at the right hour. And, you know, I have my own history of bad self-talk and even, you know, depression, definitely anxiety. But these things... Um, they're not around every day, but they do like to peek their head around the corner on certain days. So then I have to get myself to a class. Mm-hmm. So um, how, how do I know, how do I get myself in the flow state if I go to my local spin hit interval class? Yeah. I'm going to next week. It's called Ascend. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm so going there. Oh, yeah, we didn't do that this morning. Yeah. So next Friday. Uh, yeah, I love that Ascend class that we did for the the ASA uh, Spring to Action kickoff. That was really fun. And <laughs> that, that was so my fun. first time being there. And I totally want to go back with you. Um, so, well, you know what's great about exercise is that it built, it gives you those endorphins, right? And it, I, I know for me, like I also battle negative self-talk I think we all do at some point and that was what was hindering me when I was playing on the U.S. team is that I was so I said I would say to myself you're not good enough and at the collegiate level where I was I athletically was better than other people that motivated me I'm like I'm gonna show them you know I didn't get recruited from this school I'm gonna show them I'm gonna score on this team you know and and I became all-american and was MVP and all this stuff and it was like motivating right then I get to the the U.S. team and everybody's the same skill level as I am and so me telling myself you're not good enough was a hindrance and I had to go and talk to a sports psychologist like Dr. Colleen Hacker and she helped me get out of it through guided visualization and um noticing my self-talk and then finally the so so I think um having some tools 
like you said, that you, you need to have some go-to tools. There's some things that I do with when I work individually with people. I have a cancel clear method where you you say certain things and you get into the present moment and you be, and you think about the things you do have. A lot of times um, you can also remember all of your achievements. So uh, and at T.C. Williams High School, I have the girls write down all the things that they've already accomplished. There's so many things we've already done. There's so many people we've already helped. And we just need to remember we just need to remind ourselves of all those great things. And so you could do like an appreciation practice or, you know, in mindfulness, they say grat- gra- uh, gratitude practice or just remembering the great things. Go- so, so 7 a.m. class, I would say you got up this morning, you hydrated and that was good work. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> right. It's the celebrating those things. Yeah. You go to that class and if you know, and then all of a sudden after that class, you feel amazing because you've just pumped your endorphins. You've just breathed so much oxygen and put so much blood towards your muscles. So you, you probably would feel a lot better when you do that morning class than if you didn't. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's exactly the point. Like you I mean, you have to psych yourself into it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like so in that scenario, we're there um, and somebody is guiding us through the workout. And that's definitely helpful. Um, And somebody's pushing you through the workout. So we're getting the risk in there. Comes, uh, there comes a time when that's a lot harder when we're working out on our own. And all we have is like a playlist and some coffee. Uh, (laughs) Hey, that could be good enough. Coffee helps. (laughs) Sometimes I'm just happy to get out there. Yeah. You I know? would love a sponsorship from a coffee company. <laughs> that would be great. I want a sponsorship from a shoe company. I can have all the sneakers I want. <laughs> all the different colors, all the different shapes. I got sizes. all the sneaker I want. I got my sparkle sneaker from my best friend for my birthday. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. That was I a love good that. Present. <laughs> well, I was able to, to not use um, my orthotics anymore because thanks to you. So yeah. thank you, Jen. I'm just going <laughs> to shed the love. because, <laughs> And so now I can wear a lot of different types of sneakers that I couldn't have worn before. Yeah. I mean, I, it sucks when you have limitations on your choices and your body. Like when it comes to, I guess, chronic pain, one thing is for certain that not moving is not an option. Uh, when someone has pain, they have to keep moving H- hormonally, chemically, uh, neurologically, the body responds in a positive way to movement. So when people are, are in pain, um, we have to can urge them to continue to move. Um, whether that just be a walk or, um, a little bit of strength training, 10 minutes of isometrics, something, uh, 10 minutes of a, a yoga practice. Um, how do we build a relationship with them to flow state and for them to feel safe and confident with their body? Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of opportunity to get into flow state, even if you feel like you have limitations and you can't do what you used to do. I mean, I know I, I, I've been there, and you can you can literally okay. So we've been walking our whole lives. We when we were babies, we had to learn how to walk, but we've automatized that, and you can literally walk yourself into a flow state. 
I mean, imagine going for a hike outside. There's a, there are studies out there that show that if you are in nature, you were talking about that before, is how do we get them out of the gym or how do we build their muscle in the gym and then they can go outside and do things um, in nature if they want to or so, for example, if you're going for a hike or even if you're walking on a bike path, if you continue to walk, you'll notice and um, that your mind just starts to quiet down automatically and you can get into this low grade flow state for uh, to uh, while you're walking um, or if even if you're only doing um, stretching, you can still you can coordinate uh, this goes back to the mindful movement. You, If you coordinate your breath with your movement, so like the inhale, your arms come up, and the exhale, your arms come down, and you stretch your hamstrings, and if or you could add counting to that. And so you can do these small little things like walking, um, synchronizing breath with movement, adding some counting, and really getting be very intentional with it. And that will put you in a low grade flow state. So that is possible even with limitations. Um, okay. So one, I think one good takeaway would be, could you ex- like touch on the difference between a low grade flow state and a high grade flow state? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I don't have the, the, the research behind this or, but I've experienced it before, so I can speak from my experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a low-grade flow state, I do this like if I've been uh, typing away and working on a big project and really cerebral in my head and I need a break, um, I'll go out and walk and do this flow state. And you just you get a little bit more clear-headed and um, and you're you're at a low activity level, so there's low risk. So it it doesn't get you peak you to that that higher flow state Mm -hmm. but if I'm on the field hockey field like I went back to Boston University and played an alumni game with um 18 to 20 year olds who Mm -hmm. are very much you know 10 to 15 years younger than me now um and that was a high I but I was still able to get into this high grade flow state because you're having this activity happening and you're you have that risk associated with it and so there's a little bit more um heart pumping and you're able to intuitively react and respond to multiple uh, sensory and um, situations at once. And so then you're, you have to be completely in tune with everything that's going on because it's this high stake or, you know, high kind of high pressure situation because I still needed to show that I had my stuff even though uh, these girls are younger than me. So it's like one of those things where you still have to be completely in the flow and but there's more sensory and there's uh, higher pressure compared to a low grades flow state where you're just more in like this meditative um, state of mind where which is also feels real great. Cool. Well, I'm going to close this down. Do you have anything else that you think would be helpful um what about your four-week course that yeah yeah. well yeah I mean I think I mean well first of all this has been so much fun (laughs) to to talk to you about flow state and I think what I would like to say to the to listeners out there is uh that you know being able to use some of these um, focusing and breathing techniques will help you transition from whatever you're doing to your activity so that you can be completely immersed. And it makes things so much more fun. And that's what we want to do. My four-week course that I uh, give out in um, 
for a, a small fee is something that was developed for the, the Co-Root, Center for Co-Root Mindfulness, and it was a Duke University psychologist who put it together. So I'm certified as an instructor, and it's for um, high school, college, or adults. And what you learn is you learn different breathing and uh, mindfulness techniques so that you can get in the present moment. It helps with helping with sleep, lowering stress, and being more creative and just being in a being happier um, in your daily life. So that's something that I offer uh, in many different situations. So that'll be great. Okay. Yes. I know of several people that can use that off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I could even fine tune my own mindfulness practice for sure. Um, and, you know, just to close this out, like the, the fitness applications for this are, there are more benefits for your workout if you can achieve flow state when you're gaining strength. And that is meaning like you are neurologically connected to what you're doing. And then that will express genetically can make your genes express a different way and can make you physically stronger. That's a whole, I just opened up a big jar, didn't I? When I said how you, how your body expresses these things. So that's going to be our second one. Sweet. When we're going to talk about like neuro-linguistic programming and like our own self-programming and how we talk to ourselves and how that changes our outcomes. It sure right? does. Yeah. You, we, are, we are what we think. We are what we think. So that's a good mantra before your workouts. Mm -hmm. you, we are what we think. Uh, that would, I mean, that, that reminder alone would get me more intentional to what I'm doing. Uh, because I'm like, you know, um, an upcoming and rising star on this Instagram <laughs> or whatever platform. Are, are you trending? No, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. I, get, I get a lot of likes. <laughs> I'm getting there. So no, but I mean, it's hard not to like think about it. It's a treat when I don't have to film my workouts. Mm. You know, right. So you can do them and not I think can about do that. that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's a really good way for me to separate the two. I cannot wait to get some feedback on this one and hear some inspirational stories about uh, receiving guidance and accepting it and being open to change. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and comment, like, dislike. Just give me some feedback on Facebook and Instagram at impact underscore your underscore fitness.